Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Irresistible Lister. Um, my name is Paul Travers and thanks very much for tuning in. So I thought it would be best to start with, is it possible for estate agents to be irresistible? I think so. I think it's eminently possible for estate agents to be alluring, popular, uh, useful, admired, respected and most importantly the favourite agent in their neighbourhood. I think all that is entirely possible um, but we are trained to think otherwise. You know if you read the press um, or talk to uh, people that you meet uh, normally the impression uh, or commentary about a state agency is not positive. Um, often they're seen as uh, uh, the most hated uh, people uh, have most hated profession, um, not actually seen as a profession in, in many ways, just as a, a job, a bunch of uh, non-trustworthy people doing a job. Um, you would think that they're not very valued and that they're, I guess, uh, in some way sort of seen as sort of a low class, chavvy, spivvy, uh, wide boy uh, group of people. But my experience uh, having been an estate agent, I was an estate agent for 25 years, is that there are some amazing people in estate agency, people who really care about um, getting people moved, uh, getting their move done uh, as soon as possible and in the most pleasurable way possible. Um, I've made friends out of uh, being an estate agent and people buying or selling property through me. Uh, and I'm not the only one. There are plenty of other estate agents that do that. So it is absolutely eminently possible uh, to become uh, the favourite estate agent in your area and, and to become an irresistible one. So I thought, why not start with what are the factors uh, in being an irresistible agent. Um, I'm sure other people have lots of different ideas, but I've come up with five that I think are key uh, to, making, to making that difference. Um, and those are having a specialty, um, authenticity, visibility, credibility, and delightfulness. As I say, I've worked for 25 years as an agent. Um, I've worked in agents where we definitely were not the favourite, um, and I've worked in agents where we definitely were, and I know where I'd rather work, um, but there's no, absolutely no connection um, between being the favourite and being, you know, the biggest agent or the, the oldest one. Um, you can be big or small. Uh, you can be the newest kid on the block or the oldest um, agent in town. You could be corporate, independent. Um, you might be a, a one-man show or you could have a large team, uh, a single office or a chain or part of a franchise operation. Um, I don't think those things make any difference whatsoever um, as to why uh, you can or cannot be the favourite estate agent. There's nothing. Uh, when, you, when you see these surveys, uh, you see you know, people's uh, main priorities about using an estate agent. It's generally around price and speed. Um, it's not really around fees and it's not really around um, the type or size of company they sell through. Those things just don't really appear in those lists. So clearly there's no um, evidence that people require you to be a large corporation or a really tiny independent, that they need you to be really traditional or that they need you to be really technological. None of those things uh, are high up on the list. So let's go through each point um, and see where the differences can be made. Um, so I think, um, uh, well, we'll start with specialty. Um, so having a specialty 
uh, is an, gives people an immediate reason to use you. Uh, but that's exactly the reason why a lot of estate agents fear it, uh, because they don't want to lose the other business. Um, and that's where they're looking. So when I was, I'll do this with a few stories. I think that's probably the best way. So when I was uh, dealing with um, lofts on the South Bank, that would be the last time I was a high street agent. Um, I loved being able to go into people's apartments and say, we only handle lofts. Everybody we've got wants an apartment that looks kind of like yours. You know, whether or not it's in this price range doesn't matter, but we only have those people. Um, and the agent had three offices, one in uh, Clerkenwell, these were all in London, one in Clerkenwell, one in Shoreditch, and one in Bankside, which is where I was. Bankside is on the south bank of the River Thames. Clerkenwell and Shoreditch, in case you're not familiar, are on the edge of the city of London um, in the old East End um, and were once kind of industrial areas and then became the creative hub of London, um, all now known as the, the city fringe. And this agent um, specialised in lofts, and contemporary uh, spaces. And it was a real sell to the people who lived in them because they uh, had a kind of a, like um, an affiliation, if you like, with that specialty. Um, and there was a battle that started raging with, uh, well, not a battle so much, but there's only a discussion and a disagreement uh, between me and other people in the company and the owner of the company because he wanted to widen what he saw as widening the appeal um, of the agency by going into other stuff, including things like regular houses and ex-local authority apartments, both of which are perfectly feasible business models uh, for an estate agent, but they do dilute what you're doing. Um, and so you would then no longer be able to say uh, to people in lofts that we only deal with lofts. You would lose the specialty. You might start picking up other stuff, but you would become just one of every other agent because most estate agents take anything that they're offered. So having a specialty immediately gives people a reason uh, to use you, whereas just being one of every other agent uh, puts you, makes you kind of wallpaper really and makes your battle to win an instruction, in my view, that much uh, harder. Um, the, if I go through the, li the list of agents where I worked at, and the first agent I ever worked at when I started when I was 16 was a specialist agent in the upper end of the market. I didn't really realize it at the time, but, um, and there were definitely, it was brand new and people immediately warmed to it. When I left there, I went to an established agent that was just a one office uh, regular agent, but didn't really have anything special about it. And uh, looking back on that now, I can see that we were just one of a bunch of people. We did all right, but there was no particular reason to use us before meeting us, say, once you met us, you might think, yeah, they're a great group of people. But before that, no. Um, next, I went to work for the Woolwich, actually. So when it was the big time of all the banks owning agents um, and I worked in a few branches of that agent and there was no real reason to use it um, as the as people's favorite agent if you like in three of those uh, but in one there definitely was um, and in fact that was yeah that was in the recession and that time was a terrible it's such a terrible office um, in a very off pitch location the office at dreadful very badly maintained um, and on the so that was the Woolwich and then on the high street this was in Brixton there was a very nice Winkworth office and when I went to that Woolwich office Winkworth were absolutely killing it in the town um, we had to work very very hard to break into them but 
uh, we found a vulnerability, which was their business model uh, wasn't really based on uh, um, being kind of uh, resilient against rent increases in a prime position. Um, and eventually they closed because we ate enough into their business. Um, after that, I went to another independent estate agent, uh, which I loved their office. I loved their corner site. But um, yeah, it was just not a not a brilliant agent, no reason to use it. So people often didn't. Then I sold lofts. Uh, and then I had my own agency where we sold boutique new developments in London. And again, with small scale developers, we became quite a favorite operator because we specialized in exactly what they did. So my advice is to find a specialty. Um, it could be the type of property in your, your neighborhood. So your neighborhood might be made up of a, of a particular type of property uh, as a majority. But you, obviously, you can specialize in it because it's the main thing you're dealing with. Um, but you can state that you specialize in it. Uh, you might want to specialize in a particular price range. You might want to be the low end or the high end or the mid range. You might want to specialize in a particular part of your neighborhood. There might be a particularly great bit that you really like, a particular good grouping of streets, that that's the bit you want. Well, to definitely state that that is the area that you deal with and that you specialize in and that you do actually specialize in, right? So you need to back this up with your knowledge. Uh, that's a good strong sell to somebody. Um, and it might be the style of property. So you might want to deal with 1930s houses. You might want to deal with lofts. You might want to deal with new builds, uh, farms, equestrian property, whatever it is, uh, having a, um, a specialty and squarely aiming yourself at the people with those kinds of properties and communicating regularly with them that that is what you do is a very strong position to hold. Um, if you can't do it on property, then you can do it on what you do. So that might be around your marketing. That might be the kind of details that you produce, the quality and style of the photography. Uh, perhaps you have professional copywriters do your um, particulars. Maybe you do presented videos. Whatever it is, having something that is particular to you, that's a definite offer, a really strong proposition to somebody is a really strong place to start. So that's your specialty. Next up is authenticity. Um, surely being, being who you are is the easiest person to be. You hear some, uh, some commentary around a state agency being a role. You play a role when you're in someone's house. And I, I don't subscribe to that. I think you should go and be you. And if you, as you are now, isn't compatible with the type of property uh, you want to get on, then you need to work on yourself. You need to get interested in the things that the people you are looking to appeal to are interested in. Uh, but you need to do that in an authentic way. So you, it's very, I think when you're faking it, people smell your, uh, your fakery. Yeah, they know. Um, and they, they know when people aren't really being genuine. They know when they're being fobbed off or indeed lied to. It's really not that difficult to spot. Um, some people may be proud of being able to construct a lie or a story or a narrative that's uh, not really uh, authentic. But it does mean that you always have to remember every single thing that you say, just in case someone ever tries to catch you out or questions what you do or what you said at a certain point. Whereas being you is the, is the easiest role that you could ever play um, and makes life just so much easier. And people's expectations are based only around the person that you are. So be you, don't be anybody else. If there is something about you that you think is detracting um, for the type of listings you want to get, then work on that.
That was an easy one, wasn't it? Next up is visibility. That is, your visibility is the now easier than ever to realise. If I think back to when I, when I started in 1986, your visibility was pretty much based on your newspaper advertising and maybe the leaflets that you shoved through someone's door and your boards. But your visibility was really only based on the property that you had. It wasn't really based on your personality or on the character of your agency. Really not so easy to get that across in a newspaper advertising. Maybe people could see the sorts of property that you were selling, uh, but that was it. They couldn't really see who you were unless you engaged in some sort of long narrative in newspapers. Some agents did that. Because are you going to get somebody to read that? I don't know. It wasn't very visual when agents did that. But now you have so many, so many channels where you can get across uh, the personality of you and the people in your team, uh, with social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, podcasts, even your blog, your website, all manner of things where you can get across to people before they ever meet you, before they ever have a conversation with you, just uh, the, the sort of agent that they're going to be getting, just what they can expect um, when you turn up on their doorstep and giving them loads of reasons to ask you to turn up on their doorstep. Because if they see that you're a really active, uh, engaged, affable, interesting, prolific and productive estate agency then really why are they not going to uh, come and talk to you but that of course has um, brought about the requirement for a new skill among agents because of course most of these things uh, most of social media not all with video but most of it um, is around the written word and estate agents aren't really associated with good writing they're associated with a particular kind of language but uh, good writing isn't really something that estate agents are um, known for so it does require stepping up a bit on um, on getting yourself out there and braving it a bit on the text you write uh, but there is absolutely no doubt that agents can be more visible um, more engaging uh, and more attractive long before they ever get into somebody's house and surely that is where the battle is won i always preferred knowing that we were the number one choice uh, by the time we rang that doorbell than wondering who we were going up against and whether or not we were going to be able to win that instruction. So it's well worth investing as much time as you can in your visibility before people call you up as their estate agent. The other way around that, of course, is to be seen in your neighbourhood. Um, the easiest way around that is to live where you work. Um, I think as an estate agent, commuting long distances isn't great, isn't very compatible with being seen as um, the neighbourhood local expert. Uh, but if you, for whatever reason you aren't uh, in the town where you work, then I think it's well worth investing some time at the weekends or uh, in an evening or two, just being out and about in the neighbourhood, being seen in local places, cafes, bars, uh, theatre, cinema, markets, wherever, just so that people see your face, you're around and they know that you're genuinely part of the neighbourhood rather than just kind of, if you like, milking it for um, the commission on property sales. So that's visibility. Uh, next up is credibility. Um, with credibility, I mean that everything, everything you do should back up everything you say you do. Um, so saying one thing but delivering another this can, I suppose, leak into authenticity, but this is really about your agency rather than about, rather than about you. So everything that your agency 
claims to do, it should do. Um, and every inch of online and physical, they call it real estate in America, should support every other element uh, of your credibility in order to attract your ideal client. Um, so as well as your website and your social channels and your, I suppose your window display if you're on the high street, this needs to uh, expand to your team as well. They really should be ambassadors uh, for your company. They need to be on side. So they need to know what your goal is. What is the goal of your agency? Is it to become the, the highest volume agent in your area or the number one agent for a particular neighborhood or number one agent for a particular kind of property? They need to be on side with that. Um, you need to get any uh, crap out of the way around any obstacles they may have around that. They should be trained uh, to deliver it as well. Um, and that you all have a shared goal. Um, you're, you're really aiming for exactly the same thing. And there needs to be an experience of competence as well from, a, from an owner. So that uh, whenever, whenever they speak to you and anyone in your team, they need to feel confident in that person that whatever they're asking them to do uh, is going to get done. Um, and finally, never do anything in your agency that you wouldn't tell a client you do. And the best example I can give of that, going way back now in the 80s, early 90s, was when surveyors would phone up a particular agent that I work with. Actually, two firms this happened in. And our policy was to do our best... <laughs> to get those, the properties that other agents had sold, to get them downvalued, to screw up the sale. And this was a real kind of driven thing that, you know, we, in order for us to succeed, you had to kind of uh, scupper any other sales in order to increase the chances that we might then be able to pick up on that instruction. Now, you would never, ever tell a client that you did that because, of course, it's not really about the estate agent. It's screwing up someone else's move. Um, it's a really terrible cutthroat policy um, and something of course that you can't ever proudly claim to a client so if there's anything in your business um, where you're doing something acting in a certain way behaving in a certain way um, that is just not something that you would ever want out there in the uh, open world then stop that immediately which leads us on to the last thing which is delightfulness which is perhaps worth more than all the rest because being delightful is the one thing that is uh, resilient against any kind of new uh, innovation or disruption or competition in the industry. The experience of you, the experience of dealing with you and of your team uh, is something that you will always have. It's a quality that you will always have. And people's experience of businesses uh, is a very strong driver of why they use them. All of the that kind of information stage of a state agency is pretty much over now. You know, with all of the uh, data and technology available, people can pretty much find out roughly or, or even pinpoint what their house is worth, how long it's likely to take to sell, what the market's doing, all that kind of stuff. So that's gone. So really now it's about the experience of you and your agency and how delighted people are to talk to you. So you can get that across before people meet you on your social media, you can be delightful um, with your insights and with your kind of bringing people in behind the scenes of your agency so they can see what you do. You can be delightful in your canvassing and what you put through people's doors. Um, whether your canvassing is about you or whether it's about your potential clients will have a big uh, impact on how delightful somebody experiences whatever you post through their letterbox. 
When someone comes to call you, book an appointment in for evaluation. You can be delightful on that call or you can just be like anyone else. Um, when on the valuation, how delightful are you? Then if you win the instruction, your team visit, when they first meet your team, uh, that should be a delightful experience for them. And then every single conversation from then on, no matter how difficult it gets, you can still be delightful. You can still make it really, really clear that whatever decision your client makes um, for their life, that you're okay with it. Even if that means it's a decision that you don't like, if they want to withdraw or whatever, really it has to be that if they're okay, then you're okay. Um, because what you want is for them to talk about you in a way when someone says to them, well, what was that agent like? They say, well, they're delightful. I don't really think you could hope for anything more than that. And I don't really think you could hope for a stronger recommendation from somebody to their friends that if they want to have a delightful move, then you are the person they should talk to. So there we have it. Five factors in being irresistible, uh, a specialty, authenticity, visibility, credibility, and delightfulness. I hope you found that useful and I hope to see you back here for episode two. Until then, bye-bye.